And now we take you to Evangel Assembly of God in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Today we're, we're starting a new series called Focusing on That Which is Important. How many of you know in 2017, we need, there are some things we don't need to focus on, but there are other things we do. And so we're talking about, yes, that's right, Sophie, focusing on what's important. And I want to talk to you about the presence of Jesus in 2017. And when I'm talking about the presence of Jesus, I'm not referring to the omnipresence of the Lord. I'm talking about the manifest presence of the Lord. So let me ask you, when's the last time you sensed the Spirit of God moving in your heart? Come on. When's the last time you sensed the Spirit of God actually praying through your mouth and, 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 and crying out worship and praise? And maybe, maybe you found your eyes even watering up because of the richness of His presence. Well, in uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 38, it says, As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, They came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, dear Martha, you're worried You're upset over all these details. There's only one thing. Everybody say one thing. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, there are many things in 2017 that can distract you and me from God's Word and from the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, um, I I look at this text, and I, I see Martha. She's distracted by the big dinner that she's preparing. Sometimes you can get distracted when you're hosting people in your home. Sometimes you can get distracted when you've got a lot of responsibilities. But her sister, look at verse 39. It says in verse 39 that her sister, bottom of the page, her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Now, Jesus says, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things, but Mary, she sat at my feet. She's been listening to me. She's done the one thing that has been of supreme value, and what she's done is not going to be taken away from her. You know, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus said that sometimes when the Word of God comes into our hearts, that the devil will sow seeds. And sometimes those seeds are like thorns. And those thorns will attempt to, to, to bring care and worry into your life. And the cares of this world can actually drive the Word of God out of your heart. The cares of this world, worrying about tomorrow, worrying how in the world am I going to get through this, you can actually lose focus on the presence of Jesus where he walks with you and talks with you and whispers to your heart that you're his very own, you can lose focus because of worry and care. Not only that, Jesus said that also the deceitfulness of riches can drive the word of God out of your heart. Now, the deceitfulness of riches is the, is the false notion that if you had more money, you wouldn't have any problems. Now, is there anybody here that couldn't use some more money? Just asking. I mean, we all could use some more money. If I had some more money, I'd pay the, this car. If I had some more money, I would 
pay this bill. If I had some more money, I would save for this. If I had some more money, I'd make a double mortgage payment. If I had more money, I would do this, that, and the other. Well, the idea that more money is going to solve all our problems is really a falsehood. Because wealth, many times, brings more problems with it than it solves. That's the reason people who who win the lottery end up, by and large, going bankrupt years later. Because they are not managing their money. Their money's managing them. Money makes a great servant, but a horrible master. And I don't really think God cares what you have as long as what you have doesn't have you. But the truth is this, some people can't handle money. Some people can't handle wealth. Some, I believe with all my heart that God, see the cattle on a thousand hills, belongs to God. And it's no problem for him just to shoot one or two and give them to you. Come on. Now this is bad to say when you're starting to fast, but if you're going to eat steak, you've got to shoot a cow every now and then, right? That's no problem for God. But God wants you and me to be responsible stewards. Amen? Now that's another sermon in and of itself, and I'll move on from there. But Jesus said that the cares of this life, he said the deceitfulness of riches. And then he said the desire and the lust for other things can actually get our eyes off of Jesus and get our eyes on the things of this world. But in 2017, what you and I have got to purpose to do is we're going to sit at the feet of Jesus. That means that we're going to spend time every day in his word. We're going to spend time every day, spending time in prayer. We're going to cultivate that sense of the active, present, manifest presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because Psalm 16 verse 11 says, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. How many of you want joy in 2017? It's not that complicated. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. At the Father's right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Now, when I was a child, listening to Bible stories being told by my Sunday school teacher or my vacation Bible school teacher or by my kid venture uh, pastor or by my Royal Rangers commander or, or by my, my, my youth pastor... And when I was a child listening to Bible stories, I would many times interject myself into the story out of vivid imagination. And so, you know, when I heard the story of the disciples coming to Jesus, he's been teaching. And he says, Lord, you got to send the people away. There are no McDonald's around here. There's not even a Chick-fil-A. There's not a Pizza Hut. you got to send them away. Get something to eat. And the Lord said, you give them something to eat. And Peter says, oh, me? And so they begin scrounging around trying to find some food and they find a little boy that's got a Happy Meal. He's got five loaves and two fishes and they bring it to Jesus and they're thinking, what in the world is he going to do with this? And Jesus takes those five loaves and two fish. Folks, when I heard that story, I just put myself there. I was right there with Jesus. I could see myself right there standing next to him as he lifted it up to heaven and he gave thanks and he broke it. And then he, he gave it to the disciples, says, now you make the people sit down in groups of 50 and you give them some. And I I can see him, because it's just five loaves and two fish. I mean, just five hush puppies. Come on. Two two, two flounder or or two mullet or whatever. So he he gives them all a little bit. And I'm thinking, that's not going to go very far. But then I'm watching the disciples, especially Peter. I kind of pick on Peter. You know, Peter probably walks up to him and 
He says, okay, you guys in a group of 50. Now here's all I got. I'm going to pass it around, but don't you take more than just a little tiny bit. And so Peter starts passing it out. And suddenly there's a miracle because Peter would give some away and there'd be some more left. And Peter said, I didn't give you enough. Let me give you some more. And there's some more in his hand. And this miracle of multiplication takes place. And then the Bible says that, 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 that Jesus was a good steward. He says, collect what's left over. And they collected 12 basketfuls. And some have said, well, we don't, the Bible doesn't say what happened to the leftovers. Some have suggested that, well, well maybe, maybe each disciple got his own basket. You know what I think? I think that little boy took his mama 12 basketfuls of leftovers because if you give, it's going to be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I think God's got baskets for you this year. Come on. Come on. Man, I, I, I could just see myself. I used to hear that story about Jesus walking into the city of Nain. It's actually a village of Nain. And, and coming out of the, the gates of the city was a funeral procession. And a little boy had died. And his mama, who's a widow woman, and this is her only son, she's walking behind him and she's crying profusely. And, and Jesus stops them. I mean, just stops the funeral and procession. Boy, I am right there with Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. I, I am right there standing with them, watching what's going on. And I can just see Jesus putting his hand on the coffin, and, and, and the pallbearer stopped. And Jesus looked just at the mother, and he says, don't weep. Don't cry. And he says, young man, I say to you, arise. And the Bible says he sat up, and he began to talk. And Jesus presented that boy to his mama. Somebody say hallelujah. See, in my mind, I was with the disciples. I was there. They were in that boat and they were rowing hard because the the winds were contrary. And it's about midnight. And they're out three and four miles out into the Sea of Galilee. And man, it looks difficult. And then somebody says, Hey, I see somebody walking on the water and I can, I can see him with my mind's eye. I can, I can see. They say, Oh, it's a ghost. Somebody said, No, it's the Lord. It's Jesus. And he comes walking towards him. And Peter says, Lord, if that's really you, bid me come. And I know we criticize Peter because he ended up sinking in the water. But, but folks, at least he had enough faith to get up and put his hands on the side of the boat. Look at me in 2017. God wants you to put your hands now on the side of the boat when Jesus says, come. And at least Peter had enough faith to put his foot across the side of that boat, put it down on the water. He stood on the water and then holding on, he put the other foot over the side and he at least stood on the water and he started walking towards Jesus. But then he got his eyes off Jesus and on the winds and waves and he began to sink. And he says, Lord, save me. Folks, sometimes in in 2017, that's what you need to learn to say is, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Immediately they were in the boat. Some, again, criticized Peter. But I'll tell you what, I'd rather be around a wet water walker than a dry boat sitter any day. Amen? Hallelujah. Man, I, I can just see myself as... Jesus and the disciples are headed to Bethany. He's received word that Lazarus has died. And Jesus and the disciples step up to Lazarus' tomb. And Jesus says, roll away the stone. And Martha says, you know, this is Martha who was so busy serving before. She's now saying, Jesus, 
don't roll away that stone. He's been dead four days and he, the Bible says he stinketh. He smells. His body's decomposing. Don't roll away that stone. Jesus says, did I not say to you that if you believe, you would see the glory of God? I'm not saying you're not going to go through any hard times in 2017. But I'm telling you that we serve a king who knows how to roll away the stone. And he says, if you believe, you're going to see the goodness of God and the glory of God. And Jesus ends up proclaiming in a loud voice, Lazarus. Come forth, and the Bible says he that was bound in his hands and his feet began to, he had to hop. Folks, he couldn't walk. I mean, his feet are all bound up. He's hopping out of the tomb. And Jesus said, loose him. Loose him. <coughs> loose him and let him go. In 2017, you just need to turn to yourself sometimes and say, self, be loosed in the name of Jesus. Oh, so many times I pray and say, Lord, I want to be loosed and let go. I don't want any religious spirits. God, I don't want any carnal spirits. God, I don't want to have any attitudes that are not Christ-like. God, I ask you to loose me and let me go. You just need to say it to yourself. Be loosed. Come on, say it to yourself. Be loosed. Come on and be let go. Come on. Hallelujah. I, I, I could just see Jesus. I was there with him, I think, in my own mind's eye. I heard the story about how the ruler of the synagogue, a man named Jairus, Jairus' little girl was sick, nigh unto death. And he went to get Jesus and said, Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. And so Jesus was going with him to minister to his daughter, but they got in this, this market area and people yell, there's Jesus. And they start running and stampeding towards him and people are jostling him and touching him on every which side. And, and, and during this time, they, they, they slowed down and there's this little woman who had an issue of blood and she says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And she was ceremonially unclean. According to the law of Moses, she had no business in the marketplace. According to the law of Moses, she had to be yelling, unclean, unclean, stay away from me. She was just like a leper. She had spent everything she had on, on, on trying to get better. She had paid doctors for 12 years, but it's, didn't have any money left and wasn't any better for it. She was in tough shape. I believe that little lady, the Bible doesn't say exactly how she did it, but I believe she got down on her hands and knees. And I believe she began to crawl. She began to crawl past the legs of the Pharisees. She began to crawl past the legs of the Sadducees. She had to fall, crawl past the legs of the wooden seas. Come on. She had to crawl past the legs of the couldn't seas. She had to crawl past the legs of the religious people. She had to crawl past the legs of the Levites. She had to crawl past the legs of the, of, 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 of the Samaritan people that were interested. She had to crawl past her legs and she said, I think I'm down here below and I can't really tell, but I think this is the hem of Jesus' garment because I've been told that he's got a robe that, that is woven in one piece. I think this is the hem of his garment. And she reached out and she touched his garment. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what do you mean, Jesus, who touched you? There are people over here and people over there. They're touching you and they're pulling on you. He says, somebody touched me. I felt virtue leave my body. In 2017, I believe you're going to touch 
the hem of his garment. I would remind you, it's not, it's not the casual touch. It's not the religious touch. It's not the curious touch that receives from God. It's the faith-filled, hungry touch. She realized that he had figured out who she was. And she says, it's me, Jesus. He says, woman, go in faith. (laughs) Your faith has made, go in peace. Your faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Now, 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 look at me. You've got the same kind of imagination I do. You can see yourself there. But I'm so glad today we don't have to go back to Israel to find Jesus. We don't have to go to heaven to find Jesus. I'm so glad that we don't have to get in a time machine and go back in time to find Jesus. I'm glad that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. I'm glad that Paul wrote to the Colossians and said, it's Christ in you who is the hope of glory. And I'm telling you, the one who is the hope of glory wants to stand up inside you this morning. The one who is the hope of glory wants to stand up inside you throughout the 2017 year. The one who is the hope of glory wants you to give first place to him. He wants you to live a life that counts for his glory. Listen, Paul wrote to the, to, uh, uh, Paul said it and Luke recorded. I don't know who it was written to. I think to the church, to, to the Athenians, Acts 17, it says, in him we live. And we move. And we have our being. Come on, say it with me. In Him we live. And we move. And we have our being. Say it again. In Him we live. And we move. And we have our being. You say, oh, pastor, you don't know about me. I've been out sinning. Well, repent right now. Let's make it simple. Just repent. Because in Him you live. And you move. And you have your, oh, but pastor, this happened to me and that happened to me. I'm telling you, in Him you live. And you move. And you have your being. Glory to God. You say, I don't know if God will forgive me. I'm telling you, God will forgive you. You just got to forgive yourself and keep going. Come on. His grace is huge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 11, If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on you, he'll give life to your mortal bodies. John 7, 38, Jesus said, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And out of his innermost being, out of his belly, out of his heart, it's going to flow rivers of living water. Jesus was saying, if you're thirsty and if you'll come to me and drink out of your innermost being, he says, my presence is going to flow out of your heart. Huh. Folks, when we think about the presence of Jesus, folks, again, you don't have to go to heaven to have the presence of Jesus. You don't have to go back in time to have the presence of Jesus. You don't have to go to the Middle East to have the presence of Jesus. He's right here and he's right now. Can you say hallelujah? So you just have to decide in 2017, I want the presence of Jesus, the manifest presence of the Lord in my life. I want the presence of the Lord in my life 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year. Psalm 68 verse 1 says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. How does God arise? God arises when you praise him. I'm telling you, God arises when you give him glory. God arises when you give him honor. God will arise in Walmart. He'll arise at the mall. He'll arise as you're driving. He'll arise as you're fishing. Come on. He'll arise as you're sleeping. He'll arise. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't slumber. Come on. 
He doesn't have any limitations on him like you and I do. And God will arise and he will fight your battles and your enemies will start to flee. Deuteronomy 28 verse 7 says, The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They will come out against you one way, but they're going to flee before you seven ways. How does that happen when God arises in your life? When you start giving God glory, you start giving him praise. Oh, man. I think I'm preaching a little better than you're listening this morning. But <laughs> Zephaniah 317 is a scripture I love. It says, the Lord your God is in your midst. What does that mean? He's, he, if you know Jesus Christ, if he's the Lord of your life, he's inside you. Come on. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. See, God is rejoicing over you today. He's walking. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, hear me. God is walking up and down inside you, rejoicing and singing. And sometimes we don't sense his presence because we're focused on this problem and on that problem. We're focused on all the news feed that's coming over our phone. Come on. How many of you know you can get discouraged if you just watch all that stuff? But God is walking up and down inside you, and he's singing, and he's, and, and, and he's rejoicing. Folks, the Bible says he is the mighty one who will save. The mighty one is inside you every day of 2017. Turn to somebody and tell them, I'm going to live like the mighty one is inside me throughout this year. Come on, tell them. I'm going to live like the mighty one is inside me all year long. Say, well, what does that mean? He's the mighty one. He's mighty to save. He's mighty to heal. He's mighty to baptize in the Holy Spirit. He's mighty to deliver. Come on. He's mighty to prosper. He's mighty to be with you. He's mighty as a refuge and strength, as a very present help in time of trouble, not a sometimes help. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Rodney Howard Brown, in his book, Seeing Jesus as He Really Is, he suggests that there are six principles that will help you and me live in the presence of the Lord. Let me just, I'm not preaching a sermon, but I just want to share these six principles with you this morning. Number one. Never forget that God is your source. Never, ever forget that God is your source. See, the, the moment I began thinking that I am my own source, I'm setting myself up for disappointment because I got news for you. I've got limitations. Maybe you don't, but I do. And the moment I begin to think that I'm my own source, I'm setting myself up. For disappointment, but as long as I remember that God is my source, that means I'm never going to come across a problem. And there may be some storms and there may be some problems in 2017. But see, as long as I know God's my source, I know God is going to make a way for me where there doesn't appear to be a way. When I know God is my source, I know that He's going to be working all things together for my good. 
When I know that God is my source, I know that the, the, the faithful is he that has called me who will also bring it to pass. I know that, 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 that he who began a good work in me is going to bring it to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Number two, if you want to live in the presence of Jesus in 2017, number two, act on God's word as a way of life. Act on God's word as part of your lifestyle. Make it your lifestyle. Make it your habit to act according to the written word of God and according to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The reason this is important is Matthew 7, verses 21 and following says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Now, folks, where's prophecy going on today? Is it going on in Presbyterian churches? Maybe a little bit. How about Lutheran churches or Catholic churches? Come on, where's prophecy? If prophecy is going on, it's going on in full gospel churches. It's going on in Pentecostal churches and charismatic churches. We prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. Who's casting out devils today? True believers are. We've done many wonders in your name. I mean, who's, who's laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover today? By and large, these are, we're talking about folks like us. Come on. Verse 23. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Folks, what Jesus is saying here, it's possible to, to be used of God in signs and wonders and the power of God but not, not to have the character of Jesus as a value in your life. Let me say it over here. It's possible to move in the power of God. And I believe, I thank God for His power. I thank God for the anointing. We're, we're talking about the presence of the Lord. But it's possible to major on the presence of the Lord, but not... To pay attention to having the character of Jesus Christ in your life. Your character is the sum total of the decisions you make and the habits you develop. Okay? And Jesus said, not everybody says to me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that means that, 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 that I, I've got to be obedient to this word. You know, I, I, I use our... Our, our, the Evangel Bible Reading Plan. In fact, if you'd like to get one, today's a good day to get one. You can get one at guest services right after service. They'd love to give you one. There's no charge. And, uh, and I, I'm usually ahead a little bit because I never know when, when, when an emergency is going to come along and it's going to, it's going to take up some time that I'd planned just to, just to soak in God's Word. And so I actually finished reading the Bible just, the day before Christmas, I, I, I finished it for the year. That's always a sad day for me because I'm checking it off. And, and I thought, well, well, I enjoyed reading this Bible again this year. So I'll go ahead and start it. So I'm about five or six days ahead now because uh, I went ahead and started it on Christmas Day reading it again. Well, folks, I don't want to just read it. I want to apply it to my life because I don't want to be like a man that builds his life on the sand. And when the winds and the waves come, there's, it gets knocked down. I want to build my life on the, on the firm foundation of God's Word. But also, I want to be obedient to the promptings of the Holy Ghost. On, 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 that Friday, on, on the Friday 
Christmas was, was last Sunday, and so on the 23rd, we've got our, our, our three son-in-laws. And one of the things I learned about how to treat a son-in-law was from Kathy's dad, from my father-in-law, who's now in heaven. And Kathy's dad, he had four son-in-laws. And one of the things I noticed is that, number one, he loved us like sons and talked to us like we were like sons. Number two, he did things for us like we were sons. He would take, he, they lived on the Atlantic Ocean in Moorhead City, North Carolina. And when we would go visit, he would take time off and we'd go off in one of his boats and we'd be out deep sea fishing. And if we weren't deep sea fishing, we were skeet shooting. And if we weren't skeet shooting, we were hunting. And if we weren't hunting, we were taking his Jeep out. And he knew some, 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 some hilly trails where you could actually take four, four wheelers out and just have a ball. We were always doing that kind of stuff together. And so I, I took some notes there. Now I've got three son-in-laws, and I try to love them like they're my sons. I try to love our staff pastors like, like they're my sons. And, and, and I try to invest them. I try to do things with them. I take our staff pastors when I can get them to stop working uh, so hard. On our day off, we'll go out and play golf. And I'd take my son-in-laws to go out and play golf. And I'd been praying, you know, man, I, I love our evangelistic track. Our, 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 our script that we, that we learned in November about sharing the gospel. I'd been praying, Lord, I'm up here in South Carolina, but I want to share the gospel with some people. And we're, we're on the golf course and we're actually waiting to tee off at the first hole. And there are a lot of people out there that day. And, and I'm just sitting in the golf cart and I'm, I'm just kind of, kind of just minding my own business. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, share the gospel with the man who's the starter today. And there's an older man that's sitting up in a, golf cart and he's making sure that you paid and everything that you're that you're taking off at the right time and so i just went up to him and i said sir how are you i said my name's terrell todd i'm from florida and i'm just so blessed to be here because our kids live here in charleston and i want to ask you a question he says sure i said does anybody ever told you that god loves you and has got a plan for your life and he looked at me he says i don't think so i said how old are you sir he said 84 i said well sir not only does god love you and got a plan for your life you know, the, the Bible says that, 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 that let me, before I tell you what the Bible says, let me ask you this. If you died right this second, do you have assurance in your heart that you'd wake up in heaven? He said, no, I don't. He says, I like to think I'd go to heaven, but I'm just not so sure. I said, well, the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm a whosoever. You're a whosoever. And, and can I just pray for you? And he looked at me and said, sure. So I just prayed a prayer of blessing. God, I ask you to bless his socks off. I ask you to bless him as he comes and goes. And, and then I said, sir, would you like to pray with me to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, I sure would. Man, I, I, I led him in a, in, a, in a sinner's prayer and he prayed to, to, for Jesus Christ to be the king and lord of his life and to forgive him of his sins. And man, we're out there on the golf course and I finished praying and I opened my eyes and I look and he's got big tears running down his cheeks. Hallelujah. 84 years old. 84 years old. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now I could have missed that. I could have missed it really easy. I could have been so caught up in Christmas and all that's going on. But I'm telling you, folks, God wants to use you for His glory. And it's essential that we act on God's Word as a way of life. You can't, you can't live in the active, manifest presence of Jesus with active, ongoing sin in your life. 
If that's what's going on in your life, you need to repent. Say, Lord, forgive me and give me your grace and your strength to live for you. Folks, backsliding doesn't take place overnight. I've never had anybody come to me and say, well, pastor, I've just been loving God with all my heart and I've been serving Jesus and I've been reading the Bible every day and I've been praying in other tongues and, you know, suddenly I found myself robbing a bank. Doesn't happen that way. I've never had anybody say, Pastor, I was just singing all the songs that Brother Norm and our worship team leading us in, that lead us in. I spent the whole day just worshiping Jesus and reading my Bible and suddenly there's just this other woman in my arms. That didn't happen like that. Folks, adultery didn't come on us like a heart attack. Come on. Stealing and cheating and doing things you shouldn't do don't won't come on you like a stroke. The Bible says that every person is drawn away of their own lust, and when lust, they get enticed, and when lust conceives, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, it brings forth death. Glory to God. So we just got to make the decision, hey, day by day, moment by moment, hour by hour, I'm going to stay in the presence of the Lord. I'm not going to allow anything. I'm not going to allow the deceitfulness of riches. I'm not going to allow the desire for other things. I'm not going to allow the cares of this life, whatever it is, to take me away from the presence of the Lord. Amen? Number three, if you want to live in the presence of Jesus in 2017, don't lose the excitement of living for the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't lose the excitement. Get excited. Stay excited. Expect God to move in your life even on an off day. Folks, I just took a vacation. I took a vacation away from the church. I took a vacation away from everything happening here. Of course, with social media today, you don't really take a vacation away from everything. But, but nonetheless, I was away physically. But I'm going to tell you something. I never take a vacation away from God. Man, I take my Bible with me. I carve out time to be with the Lord. I carve out time to, 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 to read the Bible and meditate on the Scripture and pray and spend time in His presence. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Number four, always give Jesus the glory for every little thing. Folks, this is, this is the way to get out of depression. Start giving Jesus glory for every... When you, when you wake up in the morning, say, Lord God, I thank you that I've woken up and I've got air in my lungs. God, I thank you today. When you walk outside, when you leave this building today, I want you to look up at the sky and say, Lord, I thank you for blue sky. It may be raining. It doesn't matter. It's still blue up there someplace. God, I thank you for the sun. I thank you for the moon. I thank you for the stars. Come on. I thank you for the Milky Way. I thank you for the pine trees. Come on. I thank you for the oak trees. I thank you for the, for the magnolias. Come on. I thank you for the crepe myrtle trees. Amen. I thank you for the cypress trees. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for it's so to live here in the Garden of Eden, right here in Tallahassee, Florida. Come on. You got to cultivate a spirit of gratitude. Amen. God will move mountains for you, but in order to have him move the mountains, you've got to thank him for every little shovelful. Anybody can rejoice when the mountains have been moved, but you better start learning to rejoice when the molehill gets moved. Because that's the way the mountain gets moved. It's one molehill at a time. Number five, think back on your past victories. Think about where he's brought you from or where you could have been. 
Oh, man, think about the day Jesus saved you. Think about the day that God healed you. Think about the day that God intervened in your life. Come on. Think about all the failures in your life that God has turned around. Think about your sins that God has forgiven and he's cast them in a sea of forgetfulness to be forgotten. Think about what he's done for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I'll tell you something. Everybody look at me. God is not going to forget about you in 2017. He's taught you how to swim and he's not going to let you drown. He's taught you how to be an overcomer and he's not going to let you go under. So don't make small plans. Glory to God. Mm. Number six, and we'll close with this. Always testify, always talk about the goodness of God in your life. When you sit around the dinner table, come on, when you sit at the table with your family and friends, come on, when you're, when you're, when you're, when you're just chatting with folks, even here at church, when you're, when you're on the phone, when you're texting, text about the goodness and the glory of God. Folks, that's how you get a greater sense of his presence. When you start talking about the time that you were in need and God showed up. By the time you were sick and God healed you. About the time you didn't know how you were going to go forward. And he made a way where there didn't appear to be a way. How You didn't really know how things were going to work out financially. But God just miraculously began meeting your need. Folks, you need to talk about the goodness of the Lord. Let me give you a scripture. It's not on the overhead, so just listen to this. Philemon 1, verse 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing that is within you. As you acknowledge, in other words, as you talk about the goodness of God in your life. Man, when I got my kids around the, the table last week in, in Charleston, South Carolina, I got my grandkids. I said, kids, I, this is Christmas time. Let me tell you what God did for me. It was Christmas Day, 1964. I climbed up on a 12-foot ladder. I fell down. I was knocked out. I was cold. I was unconscious for, for three days. The doctor said my brains were like scrambled eggs. And Kathy says, amen. They said, he's forever going to be a human vegetable. He'll never live a normal life. Told my parents to put me in a convalescent center and that the best they could do is make me comfortable and then I would die. But my parents prayed. Other people prayed. And on the third day, I woke up and I remembered what I got for Christmas that day. My seven-year-old grandson said, Papa T, you got a bicycle? They had bicycles back then? I remembered everything about that day. Two days later, I'm going home in an ambulance. The doctor said he'll never run again. He'll never play ball again. He'll never be normal again. But I want you to know, Jesus is a healer. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. It's as you talk about how God has met your needs. Oh, man, I went to school. I went to college, and I didn't have enough tuition money. And I didn't know where that tuition was coming from. But God showed himself faithful. Hallelujah. 
Oh, I remember when we didn't have enough to eat. And we wondered how we were going to get through the week. And so we stocked up on popcorn. Ramen noodles and popcorn. But God showed himself faithful. Hallelujah. Oh, we wondered how we were going to pay the rent. Oh, we wondered how we were going to take care of this bill and that bill. But we gave our tithes and our offerings to the Lord. And the Lord always showed up and made himself faithful in our lives. Somebody say hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I've just preached myself happy this morning. Glory to God. Happy New Year. I said Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And because it's a Happy New Year, let's say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it again, hallelujah. hallelujah. There's something down inside you. It's called the Holy Ghost inside you likes for you to say hallelujah, okay? We're not just being religious. We're not just being crazy, okay? Come on. Hallelujah. 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 Say it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Greater is he that's in you <coughs> and me. He's greater than this cough. He's greater than infection. He's greater than problems. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We're going to celebrate communion. And today I've asked, because it's New Year's, I've asked the ushers if they would come forward and actually stand in the front and allow you to stand instead of distributing the communion to you we're going to ask everybody that's able if you're physically able we're going to ask you to stand up if you can't just stay in your seat and our ushers will serve you there but they're going to stand at the front and i'm going to ask you to come and receive communion and when you receive your 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 your, your, your the cup and the bread i'm not asking you just to come and stand as close as you can in here today and we're going to close this service by worshiping Jesus together. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.